0: Welcome to your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential, the weekly web show and podcast that explores relationships and wellness, featuring in-depth interviews with acclaimed authors, wellness experts, health influencers, and spiritual leaders so that you can create a relationship and life you love. And now your host, Andrea Corella. This is the last week of our free 14-day love challenge. It ends on February 29th, 2016. But you can still sign up. Visit TruePotentialCounseling.com forward slash 14 hyphen day hyphen love hyphen challenge. Over 50 countries are represented and 10,000 plus couples in over five continents have already joined in on the fun. Join us and sign up today. And now on with our show. Welcome back to Your Relationship Lovecast. Today, on episode 23, we are going to be talking about how to turn your mate into your soulmate. Now, as most of you on the call know, being in a relationship gives you a great opportunity to grow as a person and hopefully become the best version of yourself in the process. I like to use the metaphor of a diamond to elaborate this concept. The world's diamonds are formed in the Earth's mantle about a hundred miles beneath the surface where the temperature is at least 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's an extremely high pressure and high temperature. Then the bonding happens. The bonding process happens between the carbon atoms and together they form crystals, which then form a diamond. These carbon atoms need each other to survive the pressure. Couples also endure this pressure and need to maintain a strong bond through the trials and tribulations of life. That's why I've invited Arielle Ford on our show today to discuss how to turn your mate into your soulmate. She's a nationally recognized publicist and marketing expert, producer and author, and consultant that has helped launch the careers of Deepak Chopra, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, creators of Chicken Soup for the Soul series, as well as a myriad of other artists. Now, she has also written her own books. Um, some of her own books include uh, Hot Chocolate for Mystic Soul series, The Soulmate Secret, How to Manifest the Love of Your Life and the Law of Attraction, and her upcoming book, Turn Your Mate into Your Soulmate. She's an excellent publicist as well. She's been a publicist for Debbie Ford, Marianne Williams, Louise Hayes, and Don Miguel Ruiz. And we're so fortunate to have her on the show so that she can discuss some of the topics in her upcoming book. Thank you, Arielle, for being on today's show.
1: Oh, you're welcome. How are you today?
0: Great, very well. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about how you came to write your book.
1: Well, I was a first-time bride at the age of 44, which is really the topic of my last book, The Soulmate's Secret, where I used the law of attraction to manifest the most amazing guy 18 years ago. And it's a system that works for men and women. It's really incredible. But once I got married, I quickly discovered that while I was really good at being the boss, having run my own business for years, I had absolutely no clue on how to be a good partner. And it was really quite a problem because like a lot of people, I was sort of living into this myth that once you find your soulmate, the relationship's going to be easy and effortless and we are going to live happily ever after. And What I quickly discovered is that that's nowhere close to the truth, that all relationships, even and maybe even especially soulmate relationships, require a whole lot of skills. At that point, I dedicated myself to being a student of love, and I ended up interviewing the world's top love and relationship experts for years. So turn your mate into your soulmate is the best advice that exists in the world today that I personally road-tested in my own relationship and am now sharing with the world.
0: Great. Now, can you tell us a little bit about what a soulmate is and how to turn your mate into your soulmate?
1: (laughs) Well, my definition of a soulmate is that it's first and foremost somebody that you can completely be yourself with, somebody that you feel emotionally and physically safe with, somebody with whom you share unconditional love. And when you look into their eyes, you have the experience of being home. And if you accept that definition, then the really, there's two bits of good news here. One is that we all already have many soulmates in our lives. So it could be our parents, our siblings, our kids, our friends, our coworkers, because many of them would fit into that definition. And if you're looking for a romantic soulmate, the fastest way to magnetize one to you is by putting your attention on all the love you already have in your life. That's how the law of attraction works. When you have your attention on what you do have and you're in a state of gratitude for what you do have, you get more of that. And the other part of the good news is that everybody has more than one potential romantic soulmate. In fact, John Gray, the guy who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, he estimates that we each have 120,000 potential romantic soulmates. There's no shortage of love in the world. Now, turning your mate into your soulmate requires skills because every great relationship is made up of several factors, and those include chemistry, connection, compatibility, communication, And this is the most important one, a shared vision for the future. While you could meet somebody with whom you have this, you know, heart-opening, crazy amount of chemistry with that you think is your one and only forever, if you don't have the compatibility and the communication and the shared vision for the future, you're not going to be very happy together. So while you could say, yes, they are my soulmate, they may not be your life partner. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Now, what
0: are the secrets to make a truly great relationship?
1: Well, there are a lot of the things we just talked about. As you're in the process of selecting a soulmate, you need to be very strategic about it. You know, as I mentioned, people usually start off in the chemistry phase, which is fun. That's what I call the socially acceptable form of insanity part of it, because it's a lot of brain chemistry happening. But it's no glimpse into the reality of how the relationship's going to turn out. So you really need to spend a lot of quality time with this person determining, are you compatible? You know, do you have the shared vision for the future? You know, and do you even know what you want your future to look like? So there's a lot of thought processes that go into it. And if you're with somebody right now that you think was once your soulmate, but now you're not so sure... Here's a couple of important pieces of information you should have. The first part is, we all have heard the statistics that more than 50% of first marriages end in divorce. But what you probably don't know is that 64% of second marriages and 73% of third marriages also end in divorce. Thinking that the grass is greener someplace else is not the place to start, what you want to do is make every possible effort to reconnect with the one that you have and in turn your mate into your soulmate. I have 16 specific exercises for this, but one of the first ones I want to share with you is that it's completely normal to not always get along with your spouse. And and people don't seem to know that. There was a researcher at the University of Washington named Dr. John Gottman who did a study, and what he discovered is that every single couple has a minimum of nine irreconcilable differences. Nine and probably more. These are things on which you are never going to agree. If you know that going in, then you can put your attention on, you know, how can we come up with a way to love and respect each other, even in the areas on which we disagree that we now know there are many. And then also, you know, how can we come up with creative solutions to the areas in which we disagree? And, you know, a simple example of this is in almost every couple, you'll find one person is a spender and one person is a saver, right? Yeah, it's very and, common. I've oh, seen it time right, and time again. Common very common. And money is still one of the biggest issues in relationships. But if we went into a relationship knowing that that's normal, you know, am I the spender or am I the saver? And learning how to communicate it and set up structures so that nobody's blindsided by the other's behavior, this is a way we can have a happier, more harmonious, more loving marriage. You know, I certainly had that in my marriage when we got together. I grew up in a rather poor family. My husband grew up in a rather wealthy family. He was a spender and I was a saver. And I was sort of appalled at how easily he could spend large sums of money And it wasn't that he wasn't responsible with it because he earned the money and he had the money to spend. It was just way outside my comfort zone. By sharing with him sort of from a very vulnerable, authentic place about where my money issues stemmed from and from him proving to me over and over again how responsible he is with money, we eventually got to the place where I'm much more comfortable spending money. And for the first time in his life, he shopped sales.
0: Mm, Right. I find that with couples that have those conversations, they can really find their new middle together in how they can harmonize with one another in those different areas and help uh, influence one another in those
1: ways. Yeah. And it's really all about the communications. So in the book, I really share some effective communication strategies, all of which come from not doing any blaming or shaming, But starting with I statements and sharing how you feel and how the situation is for you, because I promise you, your mate didn't wake up this morning thinking, oh, I wonder how I could make Andrea crazier today. What could I do to really piss her off, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't think people go into their day with that mindset.
1: (laughs) No, but a lot of us live as if that's the truth. Oh, he's just doing this to annoy me or she's really trying to get under my skin when that's not the truth at all, we're just all wanting to be loved and accepted for ourselves, for who we are. And even though you may think you may be telling your spouse, "Oh, this is really what I would prefer that you do," if you're saying it in sort of an angry, judgmental tone of voice, he's never going to hear it. You know, and that's that's one of the other great things I discovered that really changed my relationship was that I didn't understand that men's brains are wired. Differently from women's brains.
0: Oh, it's true. Yeah, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. We process things differently in different ways. Completely.
1: So we think that if we they walk in the door and we throw three questions at them, we're going to get an answer. They're overwhelmed. (laughs) Completely. All they want to do is hide because in their brain, different as it is from ours, they can only handle one question at a time. You know, the point is in the sweetest tone of voice ever, and hopefully starting with a few compliments. Ask them one question and then keep your mouth shut till they give you an answer, you know. And then if you have a second question, maybe ask them later, you know. You know, we can handle three things at once and we Mm. like it. We're good at multitasking Mm. to a certain degree.
0: Right. It's part of our evolution to be able to take care of the kids, to be able to prepare the meal, to make sure nobody gets eaten by crocodiles. (laughs) We're, We're wired that way to be attentive. We have
1: sort of, our brains sort of have this great peripheral vision where men are much more single-focused. They're so like
0: warriors. They are Focus, like warriors. Focusing on you know, killing the, the animal, the hunt. Right,
1: solving one problem at a time. Exactly. So, you know, those, those were some of the, the things I learned that really made a huge difference. Like, I didn't even understand the concept that there's something men want more than sex. Right. I was blown away when there's I discovered There's so much this. more. They want respect. Mm. So much more than sex or love they want respect and they want to know that you respect them and they want to be admired and they want to win. Mm -hmm. So if you can set them up every day to win just by simple little things like, you know, honey, you're really my hero. I was just so happy and proud last night watching you work with little Johnny do his homework. You're just the greatest husband in the world. If you started his day like that, you could have anything you ever wanted from him.
0: And I think also one common themes for women are to feel supported, to feel helped, to have that sense of partnership and that emotional connection, and that affirmation and acknowledgement. I, I think that those are some ways that uh, that the man in the relationship can also help support the wife in that way, and how they can help um, yeah, demonstrate and, that love and respect.
1: And that's so true. And and the thing is, most men can't be happy unless you're happy. And they can't be happy unless they understand what it takes to make you happy. And they can't hear you if you're shouting those requests at them. If you could just really get that you will naturally get all the things you desire from him, if you can say it in a sweet voice, one at a time, with a lot of respect and admiration, his automatic go-to place will be Make you happy if he sees that you're happy, he'll make you happier,
0: right? Yeah, it's. I think sometimes when people are in that demanding place or that tone, that intensity, it ends up backfiring because it really is not communicating clearly, it's coming from an angry place, and so that prevents that contact. I know John Gottman talks about the four horses of the apocalypse, which is. Uh, criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling, if those patterns are in the relationship, that that ends up creating disconnect and distance and being able to be aware of those so that those don't interfere in the dynamics and really – give you less of what you want.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's so many brilliant guys out there like the Gottmans and Harville Hendricks and the people have done the heavy lifting on the research. But unfortunately for the masses, you know, when we get married, nobody hands us the, the owner's manual to successful marriage, right? We're in this gaga starry eyed of oh you know the wedding was fabulous the honeymoon was great we're going to make babies and live happily ever after and it isn't until we get in trouble that we start looking for solutions and my advice to anybody is commit yourself now to being a student of love try to read three books a year or go to one workshop a year And learn some new skills because the way we're all living into our 90s and maybe 100 these years, this is going to be your partner for a long time. So you might as well learn how to make the best of it.
0: Definitely. Now, how can we love our partner when they are imperfect? And how does this help us grow our soul in the process?
1: That's such a great question. We've all been brainwashed by the media to seek perfection. You know, we should have perfect bodies and perfect jobs, and HGTV wants us to have the perfect living room, and our kids should be perfect. And the truth is, there is no such thing as perfection. You know, I actually believe the word perfection needs to be changed to pure fiction, because you know... <laughs> That's great. I yeah, love I'm that. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but what we can do is what I call wabi-sabi love. In Japan, they have an ancient art aesthetic called wabi-sabi, and it seeks to find beauty and perfection in imperfection. So what that would look like is, let's say you had a big Ming vase with a long crooked crack down the middle of it. The Japanese would put this this broken cracked vase, they'd put it on a pedestal and shine a spotlight on the crack. So what I suggest you do is learn to love your own imperfections, and especially those of your mate. And if you can, make up a new story about what it is that they're doing, because they're not doing it on purpose to aggravate you. It's just how they are. So I'll give you one quick example of it. Let's say that, well, Brian and I used to do this. I'm, I'm a bottom-of-the-tube toothpaste squeezer,
0: right?
1: <laughs> I like to squeeze from the bottom and roll it up slowly and Brian is a mangled from the middle guy. And when we <laughs> first got married, every time I would walk in the bathroom and I'd see my tube of toothpaste squished from the middle, it annoy me. And I finally talked to him about it and I said, listen, why can't you just do this right? Just squeeze it from the bottom like everybody else does. And and he would just look at me like I was crazy. and. But every single day, I'd look at this mangled tube of toothpaste and I'd have negative thoughts about my very cute husband. So finally, one day, I thought, okay, what's the beauty and perfection in this mangled tube of toothpaste? How could I find a wabi-sabi solution? And finally, it dawned on me, and Andrea, you're never going to believe what happened. I looked at this mangled tube of toothpaste and it was like, oh my God, I married a guy who brushes his teeth. And that became the solution. And now every time I see the mangled tube of toothpaste, I smile because it means Brian has brushed his teeth again and we're going to grow old together and he may possibly still have his teeth at the very end.
0: (laughs) Good reframe. Good reframe.
1: That's all it is. It's a reframe because if there's something that's really bothering you, but it's not bothering them, chances are it's more your problem than theirs. Like, for instance, let's just say they leave wet towels on the floor all the time, and you've asked them a million times to pick it up. You've bitched, you've moaned, you've screamed, you've complained, they still don't pick up the towel. Give up already. Just pick up after them. How hard is it? It takes two seconds out of your life. Is it worth having a constant daily annoying fight over a wet towel? Now, there are things that are worth having fights about, and sometimes you may need somebody like Andrea to be in the middle of your fight and referee, because I'm a big fan of therapy and coaches. There's something really big. If there's massively bad behavior or addiction or abuse, don't expect to be able to solve those problems on your own. You're not qualified to solve the big ones on your own. But for the everyday little annoyances, I promise you, if you return your mate into your soulmate, you will have 16 strategies that could alter your relationship forever.
0: Now, what are the health benefits of being married as opposed to being single or
1: living with somebody? Well, there's been study done on something that's now been called the marriage effect. And couples that are in a happy marriage live longer, heal faster, and have happier lives. And men, in particular, live at least seven years longer than single men. Now, all of these benefits only come if you're legally married. If you're just in a committed relationship and living with somebody, you don't get any of the benefits. And the reason for that is because the primitive part of your brain still doesn't feel safe. And safety is the number one thing most human beings require. So when you take sacred vows, as Harville Hendricks likes to call them, and you work on your marriage and you're mostly happy, satisfied, and content, you can count on having a longer, happier, healthier marriage. Great.
0: Now, what um, is a feelization and how does this help you manifest your desires in your life and in your relationship?
1: So, it's called a feelingization because most people have heard about visualizations. And that happens inside of your brain, in your head, where you, let's say, you want a new blue BMW. And you close your eyes, and in your mind, you're picturing yourself driving down the freeway in this blue BMW. But your emotional body is saying, I don't have enough money, I don't deserve it, I'm never gonna get it. There's no way you can manifest that blue BMW because you're sending, you know, you have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake, right? (laughs) Your head is saying yes and your heart is saying no. When a feelingization, it's a process I take people through where you drop down. From your head into your heart, you re-experience feelings of love, appreciation, and gratitude as if they're happening in present moment time. And then from there, you drop in your desire, not like it's going to happen someday, but as if it's already yours. If you are still working on this blue BMW, once you're in this state of re-experiencing love and gratitude, then in your heart, you say to yourself, I know and trust that the car I desired, on some level, some plane is already mine and I'm open to having it appear in the 3D world whenever it should happen. So you don't have to know where you're going to get the money or when it's going to happen. You just have to put yourself into the feeling state that at some level it is already yours because on the quantum level, this is true. Like Deepak Chopra says, The way that you know you're meant to have something is that you have the desire for it. The seeds of your desire is the proof that you are able to have it at some point in your life. But chances are you won't know how and when it's going to appear. In quantum physics, they also say that we are already connected to everything and everybody. If you're not yet with your soulmate, you can start that relationship right now today by closing your eyes and starting a conversation with him or her. Because at the quantum level, you are already connected, even though you haven't yet met them on the 3D level.
0: Right, I I know for me, back in 2006, I wrote a letter to my future mate and Use this feelingization on my own, just mm-hmm. uh, and felt into it. And three years later, and really, it's one of those things. It's it's this or something better, and right. it's in its own time frame, and it it basically comes to you, and that's how I manifested my mate and my partnership. And how interesting it is when a couple, a partnership comes together, and they manifest something together. Like my husband and I, we manifested our home that we live in. So it just raises that frequency level of being able to manifest as a couple in a very powerful way.
1: Yes. And that's all very possible. And the the whole structure for that is in my book, um, The Soulmate's Secret. You can use it to manifest love or anything else in your world it's just about being an emotionally mature re- adult and becoming responsible for your thoughts, beliefs, and feelings because you draw- we draw to us the people, places, and experiences that match our state of being. So if your state of being is, I don't deserve something, well, you're just going to constantly get proof that it's not coming.
0: Right. You know? So raising that frequency level. And I yes. think also whatever you're wanting or whoever you're wanting to manifest in your life, whether it be a partner or a friend, that you also are being that person. Because that's also the the vibration, that frequency level of the characteristics and qualities and attributes that you want as a friend, but to be that kind of friend or to be that kind of partner is important. Yes.
1: And, and the other thing I, that's true and at the same time, you don't have to be perfect to manifest love because what most people don't really understand about a soulmate relationship is that there's nothing more healing than being with your soulmate. So being open, willing, and available for your soulmate, being intentional and both intentional and surrendered at the same time mm, is absolutely. sort of the formula. We'll have to have 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 that conversation another day.
0: That sounds great. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. My last question is, where can our listeners get your five-part video
1: series and bonuses? Sure. It's all at a website, mate2soulmate.com, mate2soulmate.com. And there's a five-part video series on there. There's the first chapter of the book and some other goodies. So just take a look at that and see if it works for you.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Ariel, for coming on today's show. Oh, you're so welcome. It was great talking to you. Great. Wonderful. So, there you have it. I hope you found this podcast as interesting and as informative as I did. And to get access to the show notes and links mentioned on the show, please go to truepotentialcounseling.com. And if you like this podcast, if you could please leave a review in iTunes so you and I can have more impact in the world in relationships across the globe. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you next week on Relationship Lovecast. Thanks for listening to Lovecast by True Potential at www.truepotentialcounseling.com.